Hi, I'm Shanta Navarro-Perez with the Presidential Living Team, powered by Compass, on a mission to make your real estate goals a reality, with a commitment to exceeding your expectations and dedication to providing concierge service. I'm here to guide you every step of the way. Whether you're buying, investing, or selling in the vibrant Central Florida market, my goal is to ensure your experience is not just smooth, but truly exceptional. Let's turn your real estate dreams into a reality. This is Marcus Richardson, President and CEO of Rich Group Financial. We look forward to working with you and helping serve you in the financial service arena. So what that really means is we're going to be able to help you with life insurance for your mortgage protection. Make sure that's taken care of when you pass. We're also going to be able to help you for your final expenses to make sure your burial and things like that are taken care of. We also are able to help you with retirement. So if you lose losing money in the market and you want to stop losing money, you don't want to keep losing money, we can help you with that. And we also can help you with Medicare. So if you want to make sure you got all that taken care of, please reach out to Rich Group Financial. You can find us at richgroupfinancial.com or you can also send us an email at richgroup28 at gmail.com. And we'd love to serve you and help you and bring you into the family. All right. Welcome to the Pro Formula Podcast. I'm your host, Tarek Shabazz. And this podcast is all about professional development. So if you're trying to take your professional skills to the next level, you're in the right place. In order for us to be able to bring you this great content, I'm going to need you to like, subscribe, or hit that bell on our YouTube page. You can also go to our Instagram or you can go to our Facebook account. We look forward to seeing you at our next show. Thank you so much for tuning in. All right, welcome back to the Pro Formula Podcast. I'm your host, Tarek Shabazz. Um, and just remember, what we do is we provide pr professionals with that formula to take their career, take their business, and take themselves to the next level. I'm super excited to bring to you all my next guest is Mr. Brian Gill, the president of Thumbprint. What's up, Brian? What's up, man? What you been up to, man? Good to see you, man. How's things going? Good, man. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate it, man. Tell me how business is. What you guys been up to? It's good, man. Um, we're in this uh, stage of... I guess you call it rapid growth. Yeah. Which is exciting and stressful uh, all at the same time, man. Absolutely. So. I, always, I always try to remind people that when you start a team or when you add members to the team, you go through the four phases of a team. First phase is forming. Yeah. Everybody's like in the honeymoon period. Yeah. Then you go through that second phase, which is called storming, where everybody's like, you moved my stapler. How come you did that? <laughs> then you go to the third phase, which is called uh, norming. And then the fourth phase is called performing. Where's your team at right now? Ooh, good question. Depends on the time uh, of the day and the day of the week. Um, yeah. No, I think we're good. Man. I think we. Uh, it's. Uh, we're, this is. The, I, I say this every year, but this is the best team we've ever had. Nice. Uh, we just uh, brought on a team, some team members out in Dallas. Super excited about from the industry with years of experience. We're expanding our footprint. Oh, sweet. Uh, still learning how to work and collaborate in this hybrid world. Um, along with our clients, yeah. uh, but it's uh, it's exciting, man. A lot of challenges, um, but you know, I think we all realize that look, we, we all gotta be rolling in the same direction, right? Yeah. So we're all looking for solutions opposed to pointing out the problems. So uh, progress over perfection. I like that. I just heard somebody else say that recently, and I think that's that's so important. That part of part of uh, what I wanna help under, people understand is first, what is Thumbprint? What do you all do there? Great question, man. Uh, I would say we're a brand experience agency. Okay. So uh, 29 years ago, my father started the company, everything in print. 
Uh, so stationary, uh, a lot of multi-part forms. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that. You know, you're much younger than me, so. Uh, well, I don't think so, but uh, uh, yeah, compliment. Yeah, so uh, we, we grew up as, it was a print agency. So everything, all the print needs of our clients, and we've morphed over time into a brand experience company where it's print, promotional products, uniforms, apparel. Uh, we've got an in-house creative agency, technology agency. So um, we really are exactly, I guess, who our clients need us to be right now and yeah. delivering brand experiences. It's interesting you say that, like, your dad started in the print industry. That almost doesn't exist anymore. Nobody like, enters the print industry. Anymore. Yeah, it's like nobody's... It's just dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's, no, nobody's doing that. How have you helped bring your team and bring your organization out of the dark ages into the new modern world? I mean, really, it's our clients. I wish I could say I was smart enough to, like, make that hard pivot, but it really is, like, what our clients need, right? Uh, at the end of the day, print's not dead. We still all get catalogs. We get direct mail. You get tickets to a concert, right? Like, we haven't completely morphed into this fully digital agency or digital world. Um, but we just realized that we had to kind of marry the online with the offline. Yeah. Um, and not everything can be digital and not everything can be tangible, right? So it's, at the end of the day, just like... Everything's a hybrid at this at, at this point in time for companies, and it's we just got to measure results. What works best for our customers? Yeah. So, so, so talk to me about your clients, and, and I know you you got clients all over the country, yeah. and from big to small. What what is the ideal client for Thumbprint? Um, uh, so, I would say we finally figured out who we want to be when we grow up, right? So, we. Uh, it's it's larger brands and it gets challenging. It's why I don't tell a lot of people what I do because I'll have the local PTA mom want me to print 12 shirts by tomorrow night for her. Understood. Um, so, you know, we're working with large brands that have lots of employees, lots of locations, sometimes multiple brands because there tends to be a lot of chaos. So our goal is if you think some of our clients are Chewy.com and Sandals and GameStop and Hertz, all of these companies really focus on delivering a superior experience to their customers. Yeah. But behind the scenes, what it takes for them to do that is really challenging. And now with the, the cuts in uh, the workforce, right? All of our clients are doing more with less, being asked to do more with less. So what we're doing is we're coming in and really helping them automate a lot of these processes, becoming an extension of their team, making it easier for them to focus on the job that they were hired to do, mm -hmm. opposed to the seven hats that they're having to wear right now because their teams have been shrunk down to size. Makes so, sense? Yeah, it does. So are, so almost, you're almost like a brand partner with these, with these organizations. Yeah. Do you all look at yourself as a partner with them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we make that very clear up front. Like, I'm not a vendor. I'm a partner. We put too much time, too much energy, too much resources to be a vendor ID. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think we earn it. You have to earn the right to be a partner. You don't come in and say, I'm a partner. That's you right. got to earn that. That's right. Um, and, uh, but no, it's, um, you know, it's, we take a lot of pride in being an extension of their team. And we get, the, the goal is you get to a point where I bring you on as a customer in a year, two years, you go, man, I don't even know how the hell we did this without Thumbprint. Before Thumbprint, that's like BC. Like, I, I don't even know what that world was like, you know? So um, that's the goal is to get to that point where they lean into you so much. You provide so much data, so much value. It, it makes it sticky. It makes it really hard for them to go find someone that does what you do. One of the things that I'm most fascinated about with your story is you were really a killer salesman. And then you've taken yourself from the salesman. Wait, you said I was? 
Oh, I've been, wait, oh, excuse, man. Excuse me. Oh, He's wow, did y'all hear that? Yeah, that was To all my customers and prospects out there, I'm sorry, I have just been, uh, the killer salesman's been killed off. No, no, uh, so, no, so, no. Yeah. Are you still in the field of selling? I mean, I am in the field of selling, but yeah, yeah. Okay. But no, that, that's my background, that's my passion, right, is in sales. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. No, I'm just messing with you. So, so, so you, you transitioned, you're still, he's still a killer salesman, y'all. He's still out there making waves, mm -hmm. but... You've transitioned into yeah. now a leader. Yeah. How has that transition been for you personally? Um, it's been natural, uh, but it's been challenging. It's hard. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, I recently was named president. My father and I are working through this succession plan. He's, um, he's 66 and uh, looking to spend more time, you know, traveling, spend time with my mother. And, you know, no one really, I, I've never gone through full on leadership training, right? And I think that's a lot of young people. Like you don't get, they don't have formal training. All of a sudden you just thrust into this leadership position and it's like, great. I think I'm a leader. Yeah. I, I wake up every day and I try to be a leader, but what does that really mean? Yeah. Um, so luckily I've had great mentors, great people around me. I've surrounded myself with people that I learn from every day. My father's been an incredible influence on my life. And, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's fun. It's the challenge of working on the business, right? Opposed to in the business. Yeah, yeah. And I have a, it's it's a struggle for me still, right? Um, and it's a transition, but um, but I'm learning every day how to kind of deal with that. But it's the most exciting time of my life for sure. Yeah, I think it's 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 often we promote people because of their skill set. You were an awesome sales rep. Now we're going to turn you into a sales manager. And sometimes there is, a, you know, there's that growth process. How are you helping your team transition from one phase or from one leadership style to this next? New leadership style that you're going to be bringing to the team. Just talent acquisition, man. You got to be bringing great people. Yeah. You know, and what you just said is funny. We've had this conversation uh, internally because I don't think I'm, I don't know how to be a great sales manager. Uh, I've been a really successful salesman, look sales at him person. Now. No, look at him now. But, but I don't know, you know, like you don't, a lot of companies take their best salespeople, make them a sales manager. That's the worst thing you can do. That can right. be one of the worst things. It can now, be. Now you just took one of your best people out of the field who was great at doing that. And sometimes time. you don't know how to like, I don't know how to tell someone what I do. I'm a, I'm horrible at training because I don't know like what I, you know, it just, and I'm sure we'll cover this, but you just, if you're being your authentic self, yeah. a lot of times that can be um, translated to success. But how do you train someone to be your authentic self? It's yeah. a challenge. It is a challenge. And I think, you know, for, for the industry that you're in and for the position that you're in right now, you're going to have reps that are going to be growing. You yourself in this new role is growing. How are you taking on the adjustment of now being the leader of the organization and, and, and being the president? What does that mean to you? It means I sleep a lot less. Um, it, no, it means that um, my time is even more valuable than it's ever been, right? So I have to be very intentional about where I put my time. Mm. Um, it's hard when you get to a place where everyone needs you. Um, it's uh, it's flattering for about six minutes, and then it's exhausting, Absolutely. and then you start realizing like, okay, I have to I have to be in so many places at once. How do I do this? Yeah, man. right. And um, and then you got you know I have a family and wife and kids at home, and um, life is about balance. And right now, everything to me is how do I ensure people have what they need to be successful? Yeah. Um, but then also I got to build out leaders under leaders, right? So I'm trying to build layers of leadership where we were as a company, we're a small company, we have 40 employees. Okay. Um, 
And a lot of times these companies are very flat and they have a small leadership team at the top. You've got to start building layers of leadership because there's no way you can do it all. And I don't want to be, I don't want everything funneling through Brian because if it does, we're going to be in deep trouble as a company. That's right. It's a bottleneck. It's a hundred percent. Yeah. I remember when I was, uh, when I first got into leadership, I wanted to be this leader that everybody could come to. And uh, I had a supervisor that reported to me and she would uh, come to me with, with her, I, she said, hey, Tarek, how do I do this? And I was so proud. I'm like, do it this way. Yeah. And then two minutes later, she come back, hey, Tarek, how do I do that? And it felt great. I was like rescuing yeah. the council of distress. Yeah. And then it got boring. Got, I mean, not boring. It got old after about one day. And I'm a help. I'm a fixer. Yeah. I'm a helper. I'm sure you're yeah. that way too, right? So like. So what I did though, one of the biggest things that I did to help myself was I said, hey, what would you do if you were me? I don't have some crystal ball when you come in with a no, question no. that I just shake up three times and it's like, here's the answer. Yeah. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about what I what you would do if you were me. 100%. And then change the conversation and say, hey T, I was thinking about doing it this way, yeah. but what do you think? Yeah. Now you've given me something that I can start with and I can grow from that point. Because being the person that has all the answers, it's it's gonna you're, you're never gonna be able to have any kind of peace or any kind of uh, balance. Zero. And I think that's the key is I'm trying to hire and train people just to understand how I want the company to be ran, how I want people to be treated. Start here. I just want to give them a baseline. This is where you start. This is how I think. Right. But go do you. I don't I don't expect you to be me or do it exactly like I would do it. And that wouldn't be the company I want to build. Right. I don't need 100 Brian's running around like that probably wouldn't be a great company. Uh, My father always says, like, what is every everyone's got to bring something to the party. Right, we all show up with salad, it's gonna be a lame party. Be a lot, all right. Yeah. So in the same thing in, in this environment of building a team, hey, like listen, this is this is how I would do it. This just think, you know, I'll kind of give you the the uh where my mindset would start. But then put your own spin on it. Think about this, you know, and, and in the sales world too, I've been a full commission sales rep for many years. And when you're a full commission sales rep, and other other people are making decisions with your wallet. Yeah. You know, so I have to tell my team members, hey, you guys gotta remember this is my livelihood. Yeah. So if I were you, you know, put yourself in my shoes, understand why I would make the decisions I make and then go and be empowered because, you know, that's the thing too, is you got to empower people. Otherwise they're going to keep coming in yeah. asking you, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? I want you to think. Yeah, absolutely. You, we, when we were talking to getting prepared for the show, you had talked to me about the core values of your organization. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, I love the core values. Share those great core values with us and tell them, Tell the people that are listening what those mean to you. Yeah, so we have uh, compete, connect, and commit. Mm. Um, as a as an athlete, we hire a lot of athletes. Um, it wasn't intentional in the beginning, uh, but I'm, I played sports all growing up. I hate to lose, um, and um, so competition. I believe healthy competition is good for all businesses. So, team. I mean, people that are out there listening today, you've got to understand that there's a piece of competition that goes on, whether you're still playing sports, whether you're not playing sports or not, you've got to go out there and go get the market share. It's not just going to show up and say, hey, here I am. I'm here for you. you got to go out there and fight because some other organization is out there trying to get your client as well. Oh, man. Uh, let me tell you this. So I get a text late last night from one of my teammates. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give them a shout out on this podcast, swag.com. It's swag. a competitor of mine, swag.com. I saw what you did on LinkedIn, okay? So <laughs> Chewy.com is a client of mine. Yeah. Someone, Chewy.com, promotes something we did, a cool uh, kit that we sent out to their employees, a recognition or an onboarding kit. And swag.com went on to the post and said, oh, look at all that awesome merchandise. 
right? Wow. So the point of this, I'm sharing it with my team is look, your top customer is someone's top prospect. That's right. You got to be competitive because yeah. they're going to come take it. They're trying to take it from you. Yeah. So compete. Like, I just want people to compete, like compete every day. Wake up. Want to be the best. Compete yeah. with yourself first. That's right. Right. Like this is, you know, it's um, I always played team sports. But I have a great uh, respect for people that play individual sports because you got to wake up every day. There's not a scoreboard all the time. You're competing against yourself. I was big in track. Uh, let me let me change that. Yeah, I got some people watching. I wasn't big in track. I ran track for a lot of years. <laughs> um, but there's nothing like racing someone. Yeah. And they're you're in this lane, they're in that lane, and they cross the finish line before you cross the finish line. Yeah. There's nothing more objective about anything in sports than running track. Yeah. And I think when you're, when you're when you're on the track and field, you start learning what I call it's not what I call, but it's called intrinsic motivation. I'm intrinsically motivated because I want to beat you. Of course. I don't need a medal in order. You to ran track. I did run track. You want to race after this podcast? I, I, what shoes are you wearing? I, you got some shoes I, on? I'll run into pandas. I will too. Uh, yeah, we'll do it. I was recently just racing my son on the on the beach. This We're, is a true story. Racing him on the beach for 40 yards. I ended up pulling both hamstrings. The hammy? Yeah. I pulled both of them, but I, I'm pretty sure I could take you. Uh, oh. Yeah, all right, that's okay. Yeah, I'm pretty all sure right, all right. So. You heard that, people. Yeah. All right, we're going to come back with a special episode, okay? Uh, a parking lot edition. Yeah, yeah. A parking lot. I still got those wheels, y'all. You know that. Um, so that's the first compete. one. Compete. Uh, next up is connect, right? I believe in human connections. That's connect right. with people. Um, and uh, and it's, it's everyone in my life, right? And uh, at our company, we have, you know, the one thing I tell everyone is, listen, you have three relationships that you have to manage when you join Thumbprint. Your customers, your team members, and your partners. Mm. And you got to treat them all the same. Um, and a lot of companies, the, the sole focus is on the customer. And I understand the customer's always right. I understand the client experience sure. is, is, is superior, but it starts with the employee experience too. How we treat ourselves, how we treat our team members. And then you have partners. And um, so build meaningful connections. Yeah. And that's... That's what I love. And I would say if I had a superpower, that would probably be it. And then next is commit. I mean, just commit to yourself. Wake up. You know what I mean? And um, commit to your team members. Hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Again, we don't micromanage, right? So, um, and uh, and the three, we didn't set out to do three C's, but it ended up being three C's. And um, and I think it really resonates with our team members. And we finally, have, like I said, I told you on the phone, like, I had to tell the whole team, look, we're going to hire based on these values and we're going to fire based on these values. That's right. And I want people that come in, if they can't commit, if they can't connect, if they can't compete, I want them to be sitting there in the office and go, you know what? This might not be the place for me. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. To it's be un hundred percent. Yeah, right. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and, it, and you all, if this isn't the type of environment that you want to be in, don't force yourself to go through it and make everybody around you miserable and make yourself miserable. I'll just encourage you, go find another opportunity because this may not be the organization for you. And, yeah. and this doesn't have to be love. And that's lost. okay. Yeah, we don't have to be mad at each other. It's yeah. like be who you are. Yeah. How, how are you, now that you've rolled out this new core value, one, how's the team taking it? And then two, how are you going to start attracting people based on those core values? Mm. Great question. Um, I mean, it's relatively new. I think we all kind of do this. When I unveiled it to the team, it wasn't this big aha moment, right? It's like, they kind of knew like, yeah, that's us. That is thumbprint. Okay. It's just really hard sometimes to define yourself with three words, right? Um, and, and, and emotions and feelings. And I think we did it pretty well. Uh, it may change over time, but that's definitely who we are. Um, and um, yeah, I think it, everyone was really excited. I think it, they, they like, you know, it's just like anything. When you can see it, 
and it's written down, yeah. um, you know, and we had, for compete, it was like, you know, what would Kobe do? Right, so I had different little sayings and little examples of what these, these words meant to me um, and meant to our leadership team. And I think it resonated, man. I think they were excited. And look, people want to know that they work for a place that believes in something. Yeah, It's not just about making money, right? So, it was funny when we were talking, and I said it first. Before I ever heard him say this, I said it first. I said the three the three C's that we go off of, and he said the three C's. I said it was C to the third power. C to the third power, he said. C to the third and power. And then I wrote that down because I was going to steal it. You're going to steal it? I might. Well, I'm trademarking the first. <laughs> but uh, C to the third power for our organization is character. One, one thing I'm looking for is do you have the character? Two is do you have courage? And then three is consistency. I think you got to have character, you got to have courage or confidence, and you got to have consistency that says, every day I'm going to go out here and I'm willing to do this every day. It's not like, you know, you have some people that have a great month themselves. They're like, man, I crushed it. And then next month they don't show up. And you're like, yeah. where are you at? Oh, and that's yeah. one of the things that makes LeBron great, makes Kobe great, made Jordan great, is that these dudes did it year yeah. over year, every single day. Every day. This is what that what, what that looks like. So I'm, I'm inspired by that. I want to understand, and I'm not... I'm not trying to be messy, so just, just yeah. go with me. You're taking over your dad's company. Yeah. You're going to do things different than your dad did them. Yeah. Right? Probably. Yeah, they're right. Gonna, I have to. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. How is that for you where you're saying that? Not necessarily dad, because now you're about to ask questions. You're, you're in charge. How is that where you're now at the helm and you're saying, this is the direction I'm going with the company where in the past you may make a recommendation. He's like, not right now, son. We're going to do something else. You know, I, this it's been a gradual process to get right. to this place, right? So there, I've had time to kind of work through that. Um, trust has been gained, right? My father's been giving me the reins over time, letting up. And um, there's probably been years, you know, months of the years where he's in the passenger seat. And allow me just to bounce ideas out. Oh, look, it's, it's the ultimate privilege, I'll say that, yeah. starting off, right? Um, and, it, and, it, and it hasn't always been easy. Um, you know, there's a certain, when I was younger, growing up, Wanting to be some, wanting to be great at something, right? Um, and uh, not having the height to be great in the NBA, I had to figure out something else. And you know, there was a stigma for a while, like when people go, "Oh, so you still work for your dad? You still work for your dad, mm. right?" And I would see people after college and I went to high school with, and I, it's tough, man. I know it's, you. I know that would piss you off if somebody said and, you still working for your dad. You're like, no, bro, I'm the top dude. What are you they, talking about? I know. I'm working for me, baby. It was, it was hard, man, and it was. But then I, my dad's my best friend. So then I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm beating myself up for feeling bad, for letting that bother me, right? Um, and then I just had to wake up one day. I realized that at one point in my life, a very pivotal time, like, listen, like, I get to work with my best friend. My father has set me up to be successful, given me an opportunity. Yeah. Now it's up to me to take this thing that he poured his heart and soul into. It took a huge chance. You talk about courage. My father quit a well-paying job. Um, when my mom had two kids, was pregnant with the third, and he started this company, she thought she, he was crazy because he didn't believe that his customers were taking care of where he was. He wanted to build a company that was about was he taking age? care of people. Uh, just he was in sales. He was a VP of sales for a large company. Okay. And um, so I look back at what he did. I'm like, you know what? I it, it's you know if I'm going to do this, like I got to do it right, and I got to commit. And um, and I'm excited, man. That what I've realized what my piece is, hey. Now I can take this beautiful thing that he's done and I can take it to a place even where we are now. For many, many years, my father's company was four or five million dollar, a good family business, right? He could still coach my little league teams. We made enough money to go on vacation. Um, it wasn't an empire by any means. 
And he never would have thought that one day we'd be supporting brands like GameStop and Chewy and American Airlines. That was never, that was so far removed from his head. So now to be able to take this thing and get it to where we are today with this trajectory that we're on, um, it's cool, man. I just want to make him proud, you know? So, and I think sometimes you got to stop going away from who you really are. Right. Like you're trying to fight the fact that you really, this is my dad's company and I do work for my dad, but you're like, no, I'm on my own. I can do this on my own. It's like, what's wrong with that story? There's really nothing wrong. It's actually beautiful. Yeah. And and most kids screw their parents' businesses up. Yeah. Most kids come in and run family businesses into the ground. Yeah. So it is a success story. If I can take this and grow it and, and build on it and maybe have something for my, my boys one day. Um, that's what I want, you know, and look, I've had the opportunity to work beside him every single day for my whole life. And, um, that's something I cherish. And I don't take lightly. So yeah. well, how would you feel if you, if your boys are like, I want no parts of that. I don't want to be in the cells. I don't want any parts of it. I'm good. Like I'm gonna do something totally different. Well, I know that they're already in sales because they win me over every day. <laughs> so I know that they say the best salesmen are the worst to get uh, played by their kids, and it's true. Oh my um, God. I don't know, man. I don't know, you know, um, growing up a big athlete and big sports fan, you know, similar to you. Like, I, I was coaching my oldest son, Rivers. I was coaching him in T-ball, and I'm standing behind him. He's playing shortstop, and I'm talking to him, like, you know, your dad used to play shortstop. And paddling. I'm telling all this stuff and trying to get him pumped up, and it's like the third game of the season. And then he just turns back and looks at me, and he goes, Dad. Why do you love sports so much? I was like, oh, that's it. It's a wrap. He's not into sports, yeah. you know? So I, I kind of had to experience that a little bit. And the, the way I'd answer is, you know what? I don't care, man. I just want them to be happy. Yeah, you know, like I'm happy. I wake up every day freaking excited to go to work. Um, I'm jacked up, man. And I want my kids to have that same passion for whatever it is they do. Yeah, I think as parents, you know, we've got a free... One of my mentors, Dr. Stephen Julian, shout out Dr. Julian, I love you. Thank you so much for all your guidance and wisdom over the years. But he says, freeing people to be you is not freedom. I'm saying again, freeing people to be you is not freedom. All right, thank you all for joining the show. Just a quick reminder, if you like the content that you're receiving and you want to help us out, we really would appreciate that. If you want to help, you can go to our Cash App, which is dollar sign the pro formula or you can go to our patreon account which is patreon.com slash the pro formula thank you so much your support means the world to us like you want your bed made that way that doesn't mean that that's how he has to make his bed 100 percent. you like to dress like that that doesn't mean that he has to dress that way so i think as as i'm maturing and it sounds like you are during that same process as well it's like what, what's going to serve you best yeah because Competing serves me best. Yeah. I love to compete, but that doesn't mean because you don't love to compete that you can't be my son. So we we went through that when we were talking about stuff. I have a couple of employees that never play sports that aren't competitive on that level of, hey, I'm going to race you yeah. and I'm going to beat you, right? Yeah, like I'm going to do after the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, how, how's that handy? How's that handy? Um, but, uh, but, when I, but I had to understand, like, listen, compete to me didn't mean you got to go out and beat everybody else. Just be better, be be a little bit better today than you were yesterday. Incremental Yeah, 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 exactly. So I had to make sure that they understood that comp, compete, compete for yourself, man. Just compete to be the best. Be yeah. great. Do meaningful work. Do great work. Don't do good work. Do great work. Yeah. Right? So. I like that. I, I look at incremental growth. I think sometimes we look in the mirror and, and we don't like what we see. Mm-hmm. So we're like, I got to be drastic. It's like, no, no, just go get your haircut. Yeah. Like a haircut would just clean you up a little bit or 
change out your shirt a little bit. You're wearing yes. the same kind of shirt. Like, but I think sometimes we get caught up in this world where it's like, I gotta be drastic. And I love how you just said, it's just like small things. You just so take a small, small piece, grow that small piece, grow that small piece before you know you look up and it's a big thing. Yeah. There's a lot of truth when you hear people talk about getting 1% better every day. Yeah. Right? Like that. It's so attainable. A hundred days later, like you're really better. Yes, I know. You got a one percent every day. Yeah, better one percent by the end of this hundred days. You're gonna look in the mirror and you're gonna go, "Damn, I'm doing. I'm doing my thing." You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna puck your chest out a little bit. You're gonna feel good. Yeah, yeah. I I, I wonder. um, Just thinking about like ten year old Brian. Mm -hmm. What does he think about you? What does he think about me? He, he probably says that. He probably says, you know, man, you're you're pretty much the same. You're pretty similar. Okay. Um, man, that's a tough ten year old Brian. That's a tough one. Man. Like, that's what, a good question. Like, what would he think about you? The, the life that you built. I think he'd be proud. I think he'd be proud. Um, you know, I think. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna stop you real quick. Yeah. Not what do you want him to think, but what do you think he would think? Oh, I think he would be proud. I think he. I think he would know that. I use the skill sets that I've had at a, at a very young age to make people happy and to be successful and to put myself in a position to make a difference in people's lives. Yeah, man. When I think about 10-year-old Tark, I think he would like, damn. I think that would be his response. That's like, it? Like, damn. Like, okay. that Like, that's, it was in you. You know, I, I knew that you had that in you. you. You wanted it, but this is what it looks like. You know, like, I, you know, I, I grew up, I didn't have a ton but my parents gave me so much wisdom and they gave me so much knowledge. And overall, they gave me so much love. And I think that they would have said, he would have said, look how you parlayed that. You know, look how you look how you par- how parlayed that love. So take me back to like when you were a kid, like what were things that you were into as a kid? What was your, what was your talent like as a kid? What were you into? It was sports, man. My parents had to drag me in the house at night, man. It was basketball and uh Basketball and basketball and basketball. So I was uh, grew up playing basketball, baseball, but uh, basketball was a pa- hooping was my passion, man. Yeah. Now football was my thing. I, I was football track. I was a really good wrestler. One city. Yeah. I went to. A, oh, really? Yeah. One city. I was a city champ, and then I went to high school, and I saw a dude with this cauliflower ear. First of all, I didn't know it was cauliflower ear. I saw an ear that looked so. It's a good look, right? It's a good look. The most deformed looking ear I'd ever seen, uh-huh. and I said. Um, I'm not wrestling anymore because this is going to hurt my little pretty boy image. Yeah. So I, I stopped wrestling. But um, what were some of the things that you learned as a kid that you find yourself still using to to be successful in your business these days? Uh, I mean, team sports have really, you know, been my whole background. I never played individual sports, like I said. So I think, um, but I was always a captain. I was a point guard, right? So nice. knowing how to get people in the right position, making the right calls, um, and uh, knowing how to have the refs on your side, right? Yeah, so yeah. building relationships. I talk about oh being re- building relationships. God. Nobody built relationships with the refs like me, Did you right? See that? He yeah, yeah. Me. What, what was oh, that? I, oh, yeah. I wanted them to be my, but I knew they had to be my friends. Yeah. So I learned how, like, listen, you can be great, but you got to rely on people, right? So that's where, like, when I look at my business now, it's like having partners that, right, that complement. I lean into, I lean on my partners. Yeah. I'm only as good as my partners. So I, I think about these relationships I've built with my teammates, with my coaches, with the refs. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I think it, it's, these are all things I didn't think about at the time. But as I get older, I'm like, man, that really is relevant to what I'm doing now. You I, know? I, I think for myself, man, I, you know, for you all that have been following, I've been, I've been talking about my childhood just a fair amount. But I, I've always been the one that was going to go knock on the door and say, hey, 
we want to wash the car outside. Is it okay? The, my friends would be willing to go and wash the cars. They weren't going to knock on the door. Though. They weren't going to knock on the door. Yeah. And as soon as I got the contract, um, they would say, we got this. Go to the next house. And, and I didn't know that as a kid. But as I've been asking these questions and yeah. I've been engaging and digging in, I'm realizing that was always who I was. I was always the person that was going to be willing to go and, and have the conversation. Just think of how you're on the interview. Yeah. I'm like, yo, reach out. I want to get you on the show. Hey, I'm reaching out. You are. You are you you're persistent. Yeah, persistence beats resistance. But but the best sales reps, you got to ask for the sale. Absolutely. Like, you got to ask them. So, hey, are we going to do business together or yeah. what? What do I got to do to earn your trust? Yeah. Absolutely. Right? A lot of people can get all the way up to that point. They can get all the way to the end zone and then they can't, do they can't punch it in. Yeah. yeah. What, what, um, so, as you're thinking about your childhood, like, what kind of student were you? Lazy? Wow. Oh, they catch you off guard? I, yeah. No, I think things just came, things came pretty easy to me. Okay. Um, I, you know, I made good grades, but I wasn't a scholar. I wasn't a very good test taker. Um, and I actually weren't studying. Oh, that's the problem. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Where were you? I needed you. I didn't ever study. study. I didn't bro. study. No, I didn't study. I just, yeah, no, it was. So um, you've had natural talent, like not, not like on a serious tip. It's natural for you. I mean, the people aspect is natural. Right? I could, I could not, uh, I could fail the test and go to the teacher and be like, "I'm sorry, look, I'm slacking." Like, I, right you know here. what I mean? Like, you had, I, I, that, that was it. But it was the relationships with the people. Yeah. I wasn't good at studying. I was a terrible test taker. Um, I was smart enough, you know. But everything I look at, like what makes me successful, I didn't learn in any of those books. And, I, and I'm not, and I'm not one of those people who say, "Don't go to school, don't, don't take you know your studies um, serious," because you should. But I, when I look at what my success has been, it's been surrounded by people and absorbing other, you know, tapping into other people, surrounding myself with people much smarter than myself. Yeah. Um, I always say, if you if you're the smartest in the room, you're in the wrong room. Hell Get yeah. To another room. You, you guys, taking my uh, that's the yeah, other one. If, I say it all the time. If you are the smartest person in the room. Stop. Get out of there. Like that's a danger. That's why I'm here right now. That's well, why I'm in this room, because I'm not the smartest person our, our in the room. Back there oh, yeah, he's the smartest dude in the room. I know, we're just sitting we're here. Just over here we're just sitting here talking. It's the camera man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, yeah. The, he's the one. Yeah. Um, what, what kind of like relationships did you have with, with friends? It seems like you were you probably were pretty popular. You got along with people pretty well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I, mean, I was the person that could bounce around. I could, I was kind of a chameleon. I could fit in with anyone, right? Yeah. So I was the only white kid on the basketball team my whole life. Um, but then I also played baseball to Popka. Um, so a lot more, you know, blasting country music out in the field and I could fit in there. And then, um, I was in drama, so I was in theater. So I had like, you know, so I kind of, I could, I could maneuver. Right. And another thing that I look back at now, when I look at these big organizations, I'm able to kind of maneuver, oh, from HR to sales, right. To marketing, to procurement and understand and appreciate, right. Everybody's talent and the role that they play in this bigger thing. Um, so no, I just, I never had a click. You know what I mean? I think um, when I look back at it, I'm really, really thankful that I didn't just have a select group of individuals that I belonged to. Right? This man, as you said that, it just rocked me. I I didn't think about that until you just said it. I grew up in, in a Muslim home, and huh. we were around a lot of Arabs. Yeah. Some of my best friends, I never could speak. Like, shout out to my man Amir. Like, what's up, Amir Tesling? That's my dog right there. Faisal Abwardi, that was my people. I, I couldn't have conversations. Interesting. Not with Amir, but, but with other kids in the community. I couldn't. So I had to learn body language. And we mm. playing was the universal language that I learned to speak. Yeah. And so I, I've realized, I guess, just, just as I heard you say that, I have five sisters. 
So I'm listening to all the R&B hits. Yeah. I'm, I'm like in the house on Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. Cleaning. So when I when it came to like talking to girls or getting in business, it was easy for me because I was able to talk to people from different nationalities, different backgrounds, all that. And I, I guess I still see that as something that I'm doing to this day. It's for sure. interesting to hear that you said that as well. Yeah. And, and you'll never be in a part of the same clique. So you could get in with the brothers and hoop. Yeah. Because they were the ones hooping, I'm assuming. Of course. But yeah. then you went over there with the baseball team and they spitting out chew and chew. I did that one time, swallowed it, threw up, and I was done. Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah. I, I tried it. I was no, like, I can't I, do that. I was like, what is this? Yeah. And they were they would have it in their lip. And um, you know, they're spitting every two seconds, which I thought was disgusting. disgusting. It was gross. Disgusting. But I, I swallowed some. Yeah, and I did too. Cyrus, what's up? Why did you why were you like peer pressuring me? Why are you doing that to my boy? Like that's not cool, Cyrus. Like, ugh, it was so disgusting. Um, but <laughs> but I think our childhood sometimes can help shape us and take us to where we're going yeah. today. And when you look back on it, it's it's not hard to see why you've been so successful. It's not yourself. surprising. Yeah, I, like I know that. it is. You look back, you're like, man, it was you know, it's um, I don't take a whole lot of time, I think, sometimes to look at where where I'm at now and how I got there or what it was as a child. But as you're sitting here talking about it, I can picture myself like we had at a pop. There was the front comments and the back comments. Right. Like even where we ate lunch was segregated. Right. And, and it was interesting. Now it's like I was that person that I could eat lunch anywhere. You know, what I mean, and feel at home or feel welcome. And um, but I love people. I love their stories. Yeah. Um, and uh I didn't realize that at such a young age what I was doing and why I was doing it, but I'm extremely grateful for it. Yeah, I, I feel like you know I was I was a good enough student that I was in some of those higher level classes. Yeah. So you know the kids that I lived with lived around in my neighborhood, I, I wasn't typically in their their classes. Yeah. I'd be in the class with the with the nerdy kids and I don't want to call them nerd the high achieving. Kids. Yeah, yeah, of course, course. absolutely. Sensitive. Listen, nerds rule the world. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. All right. It's so all I was, I'd be in class with them, and they were like, "All right, man, see you later." And then my friends would be like, "Man, who's that?" I'm like, "Bro, that's such and such." You yeah. know, and, yeah. and I was able to uh, to get in with that as well. So I, that's I, cool, I, I man. really like that. Yeah, absolutely. I want to kind of transition into um, like if you were to give some advice to to ten year old Brian, like you could just go back and have a conversation. What's some of the things that you tell him to do that you may not have done or that you could do differently? I mean, I would say um, just value your time. Um, yeah. I think uh, as I get older, and this is something I think I would tell, I wouldn't limit to my 10-year-old self, uh, but anyone's just value your time. Figure out what your time is worth. Um, I look back and I'm surrounded by some really intelligent people. Some some kids in my office. I say kids now. I say you know when we're getting oh old, right? God, it's like kids, right? The thirty year old, like oh that kid's got great potential. <laughs> um, but I got this, you know, I got this uh, kid in my office. I'll give him a shout out, Austin Martin. I love you, man. What's um, up, Austin? Yeah, he's a smart dude. But I, you know, I look at someone like Austin, like man, dude, you're, you're light years ahead of where I was. Yeah. You know, I took I was a late bloomer in some aspects, right? Okay. Um, and I think sometimes when things are easy for you relationships you kind of always get by that can slow you down right mm -hmm. and um but i would tell myself man value time value your time realize like nothing is guaranteed yeah. don't wait you know we talked about this earlier but get started man like yeah. invest in yourself um work hard and uh really figure out what your time is worth and where you want to be i never set goals yeah. you know they tell you all the time short-term long-term goals i never did that I wish I had done that. I wish I said, I want to be here at 25. I want to be here at 30 and I'm going to be here at 40. I might miss those. I may fall short, but at least I would have had a, a map, right? At least I would have known where I was going. You know, someone told me the other day, you know, every time I get in my car, I use the map. 
Absolutely. Right? If you don't, how would you get where you're trying to go? And even if we, even if you know how to get there, yeah. the map is going to help guide you. There may be traffic. There may be something like, but like. It's going to give you the, you have an idea now correct. where you're going. Correct. And get in that car, going somewhere that you've never been before without a GPS, good luck. Yeah. Write your goals down. Yeah. Put it down in paper and then measure it. You know what I mean? And I never did that. Um, and I wish I had taken the time to do that. Yeah. So. I, I think for myself, if I could have, um, I would say focus. Like, you're some focus, bro. Like, the things that you're focusing on. I remember I was a freshman year. Um, we were in the commons. We had 500 plus freshmen. And they said, look to your right, look to your left. And that person will not be there in your life in 10 years. We, I got mad. I'm like, what do you mean? This is my dog. We're going to be here for life. Yeah, man. And they were right. You know, my life went into a different direction. Some of my friends' life went into a yeah. different direction. Still friends, still love them, but yeah. they're not in my life the way that, that I thought that they would be every day. So to piggyback off of that, man, surround yourself with the people you want to be one day, right? right? You know, and that's what I've really figured. I, like That is my, that's the one thing I've done really, really well is that I've surrounded myself with great people, yeah. you know? And uh, even growing up playing back, when I think about 10-year-old Brian, I didn't want to play against 10-year-old kids on the court. I wanted to play against the 15-year-olds, the 16-year-old. I drove my neighbor, George, crazy because he was probably seven, eight years older than me. Wow. He probably didn't want me playing with him and his friends, but I, I demanded to be on the court with them, right? So it's like, I always, and then now I, once I probably got 30, 30, probably around 30 years old, I started realizing, man, I started surrounding myself with people that were running businesses that were successful, that, um, that I really admired. How know? do you get in that room? Like, talk to the person that is like, I don't know those people. I don't have a whole network of people that are super successful. Like, yeah. how do you, what, what's your advice to them? You just got, first of all, unless someone tells you you don't belong in that room, walk into that room. Okay. Right? Like, it's really easy to tell yourself. You can talk yourself out of it. Oh it's God. really easy to say, I don't belong in that room. Absolutely. Okay? I, and we've all been there. Yeah. Um, but start, start small. Start building a network. Right? Start to build a network. And then the best way to build a network is share your network, yeah. right? Like you and I, if we can share networks, let's say, Tark, man, dude, I love what we did today. I got to introduce you. I got someone that'd be a great guest on this show. And then it just continues to build, right? Yeah. But like, don't live in your own little bubble, right? Get uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Get places like, I'm an extrovert, but I got to tell you, dude, I don't like going out to networking events. I'm not super comfortable in those environments. I like one-on-one. -on -one. I don't want to walk in a room with 100 people and I, man, I got to walk around and small talk with people. I don't like dealing with people that I don't know. Me too. So I so when I get to know you, I'm I'm it's everything. All in. I'm all in. Yeah, but if I'm like having to go in and, and since I moved to Central Florida, I realized that I find myself introducing myself all the time, which is weird. Yeah. I lived in Denver my whole life. I moved out here and now I gotta tell my story every single time I meet somebody. I'm like, you don't know me? Like, how don't you know me already? So I yeah. think that for myself, that's something I've been working through is like, yeah, that's not that comfortable, but it's, it's cool. Not. It, you can still do it. You can. And, and once you once you get into that room, and, and it, just to piggyback on what you were saying earlier, is like one thing that I I've, I find uh, as a powerful tool is asking questions. Oh man, I love that. When you yeah. talk to somebody who's successful, and you say, "Man, what were you doing ten years ago?" They they're happy to share knowledge. I I I always thought that they wanted to be secretive. They never wanted to talk about it. But I find that the most successful people are most open. So is I, that is that is yeah, that fair? Dude, I got I got introduced to a guy named Glenn Campbell. Glenn Campbell, shout out, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Uh, you already know this, but I had to uh, I had to tell the camera that. Um, 
Glenn Campbell is the founder of Lids.com. Okay. And I got introduced to him, you know, I was selling masks to a company and long story short, this woman used to run corporate ops for him. And as we got to know each other, she's like, I'm going to introduce you to someone. And she's like, you're, you're like a mini version of this dude. He's going to love you. You guys are going to hit it off. And I called Glenn and man, he was so with, like she gave me his number, shared his number and connected us. And uh, I started telling him about the company and he really took an interest in what I was doing and the size of He could remember what it was like to be building a small company and, and a small brand that no one really knew, right? And then trying to figure out how do we scale this, right? And um, and I just remember like having these conversations with him and it was so rewarding, dude. And like, but he was so open. He didn't, he didn't even know me. He's up in the Ozarks. I'm in Orlando. He didn't have to spend two hours. He was driving to his lake house and spent two hours on the phone. He didn't have to do that. There's so many other people in his life that need him or lean on him that he could have been. T- there was no gain for him in this. But I, I had to start realizing that it's not always about what someone I can't. I don't know what Glenn Campbell gets from that conversation. But, you know, he got he loves sharing his story. But you know what I've just heard? That, I mean, it was it was a rocket that went off. It's like, stop being transactional. You mean you keep saying all my damn mind. Stop being transactional. He he wishes he thought of that, but he didn't. I'm the one that said it. Stop being transactional. Yeah. Every relationship that you have, you don't have to look at it and say, what can I get out of it? Correct. You should be saying, how can I how can I empower you? How can you like I want to, it's a reciprocal thing. That's it. But a lot of times it's 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 what can he do for me? Yeah, yeah. And and we're always thinking, am I what am I gonna give him at the end of this call? How do I give him something? Maybe I gave him something just by having this conversation, sharing his story and helping guide me, right? Mm. If we go out to dinner tonight and I pick up the check, I don't want you to Apple pay me. Mm. We're not, we're not keeping tabs here. Yeah. We'll go out another time. You'll, t- you'll get me. You'll do something for me, right? And it's like we thumbprint. When I talk about thumbprint, the success of thumbprint, I always say we're not transactional. Like I sometimes I, I could be looked at as I can be commoditized, right? And I don't want to be a commodity yeah. and I don't want my relationships to ever be commoditized. It yeah. is not transactional. I'm like you, I'm all in, man. You're going to get all of me. I'm going to, you tell me something going on in your life, man, with everything going on in my world, I'm going to lay in bed and I go, damn, man, I want him to be successful. Who can I connect him to? How do I help him? Well, let's start with Mr. Glenn. If there's any way you could get me connected with the CEO of Mr. Glenn, let me just talk to you real quick. My name is Tarek Shabazz. I'm with the Pro Formula. I would love to learn from you and help other people learn from you as well. I've got a platform that can really help empower a ton of people, and I think your voice would be incredible. So I hope that you get the chance to hear this someday, and I would love to meet you if, if you ever are up to that. We're going to make that happen. Glenn would love this, man. Listen, he, love, he loves... He loves um, he loves young people. He loves building young people up and helping them be successful. So, Glenn, we'll, we'll talk later. Yeah. Thank you for calling me young again. Yeah, yeah. Like, this I'm, kid right here. This kid right here who's going to lose the race later. This lady, I was in the, uh, I was in the restaurant. I ordered a, a drink the other day. And she said, sir, can I get your ID? I said, yes, you can. Sir, yeah, yeah. Without a question. I whipped that thing out so fast like I was a 21-year-old. It, I yeah. felt great to, to be asked for, for my ID. I feel bad she didn't have her contacts that day. That's really sad. <laughs> That's terrible that that young lady went in there with no contacts. She, she saw something. In <laughs> oh, me. I was yeah, yeah. She saw something real blurry is what she saw. <laughs> um, let's get to, to like the formula that you use. I want to understand, yeah. like, what is a day in, in Brian Gill's life like? Like, when do you wake up? What do you do throughout the course of the day? When do you shut it off? And then how are you doing all that and being a great husband and a great father? Because I see that that's important to you. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's Look, it's it's harder and harder now. I have a lot of travel. That makes it real tough, man. Routine is, I am a, a creature of habit. I'm yeah. very OCD. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, all the travel that I have makes it really challenging. It throws a whole wrench into my routine. Um, I wake up, I try to, you know, I wake up not super early. I'm up late with the kids, unfortunately. I got kids that love to be up to like midnight. They're seven and four and they're absolute monsters at night. They just want to watch movies and hang out with dad. So I would say I wake up around 630 in the morning. Okay. Um, and the one thing is Rivers in second grade and I I take him to school every day. That's the one thing I don't compromise. I do the same with my daughter. Dude. You can see my relationship with my daughter. I saw it just now. Yeah. It's like my girl. And you thanked her just for being here today. Like you love that she's here supporting her dad. And I'm the same way, man. And I, I take Rivers to school uh, when on the summer he comes with me into work on Wednesdays. But the one thing is while I can, while I'm alive and able, I'm going to take Rivers and drop him off at school. Uh, so I do that, um, and then typically, you know, by, I walk in my office around eight forty-five, and it's go. Yeah, no lunch. I, I try to take lunch breaks. I have an assistant, amazing assistant up in Brooklyn. Um, poor woman, she tries so hard to build breaks into my day, and I just remove them from the calendar and throw another meeting on there. Um, right now, it's a rat race, man. It is. It's a hundred miles an hour. And when you have a family business, I mean, business. I tell everybody, business is personal. Yeah, and it is. And uh, I don't. It doesn't turn off right now. Maybe one day I'm the, I'm gonna get it there where I can turn it off. But right now it's it's a hundred miles an hour. Are you still answering emails, taking phone calls oh, all day when you're on all day on a date with wifey? All day, all day. Yeah, vacations I'm on. Um, I remember on our honeymoon we went to Sandals and uh, you had to like pay for the Wi-Fi package in St. Lucia, and I told her I wasn't gonna get it, and I had to keep going back to the room. I said, Oh, I think I forgot something. And she was. You got the Wi-Fi package, didn't you? You're checking your email, aren't you? And I said, yes. Yeah. Just tell me. Yeah. I would rather you just be at ease, you know, but it's it's hard, man. I'm, I am. I feel like I'm on call a lot right now um, and I'm accessible. That's the challenge, right? Like once you make yourself as accessible as I've made myself to customers, it's extremely rewarding, but it is. It's tough. Um, and but you know what? I'm young. I'm healthy. Um, I have some balance, enough balance. Um but, you know, I got to get home more. I got to go home earlier. Yeah, uh, I think I got to, one thing I'm working on is making the moments count. I was in Jacksonville yesterday, uh, but I was in Dallas earlier in the week. <laughs> and so uh, I interviewed Nick. Shout out to my man, Nick Birdsong. We did a wonderful uh, email. I mean, interviewed. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, social media director uh, with, the Jag- with the Jaguars. Oh, yeah. So, of course, it's like, come to the game. Yeah. And I wanted to with all my heart. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like, you did just what we were just talking about. You did this for me. Let me do this for you. Yeah. So not that me going to the game is for him, but I wanted to show him. I, I got you. I'm supporting you. Too. Of course. Yeah. And so um, I was thinking about my daughter and I was thinking, I just spent the whole week in Dallas. Here it is Saturday. I'm all day out there in Jacksonville. So I said, you know what, bro? I got to take a pass on this. One. Mm-hmm. And I came home. As soon as I got home, I didn't even eat. hadn't eaten all day. Yeah. I said, hey, baby, you want to go to swim? Yeah. Go get your bathing suit on. We went right in and jumped in the pool. The That's my time. nights, man. Night dives in the yeah. pool. They love that. Absolutely. Well, I made this. I promised my wife. I said, because when I walk in that, when I will open that door, they come running at me. That's right. Right. They want to jump up in my hands. I got to drop the bag. I can pick them up. So I promised my wife. I said, you know what? I'm not walking through the front door on the phone That's ever right. again. I'm not going to be on the phone. So right. now I sit in the driveway for an hour and a half and finish the calls before I walk in. Oh, now, you try, oh, you now that's yours, huh? Okay. Why are you taking So that? now all of a sudden I'm all on the phone and I see the blinds open, right? They're standing on stuff, trying to look out the windows. And uh, look, man, I think, um, I think I'm a really good father, but I want to be a great father. Awesome. And I think, um, you know, and, uh, and I'll get there. So I'll tell you this. My, uh, my wife and I made the same deal. She's here. You can talk to her. I swear this yeah. is true. She said... When you come in the house, can you at least not be on the phone? Yeah. 
And so I'd be in the driveway and she'd come in the driveway and she's like this. And I'm like, see, I'm not in the house. I, I, same. I said, my so wife like, gives me that. I, yeah. I said, you can't, you're breaking the rules to do that. <laughs> so you might catch me circling my block 26 times yeah, yeah, yeah. just so that I can get off the phone yeah. and that I can get in there and I can be intentional. It's their time. And being present. Intentional is the word. Yeah. Intentional in everything you do. Yeah. Be intentional. Yeah. I'm trying, I work my hardest on, like, I want people, I tell people all the time, like when I'm interviewing to bring them on to my team, I talk to them about, um, how important it is that they hold me accountable to being great. Yes. And they're like, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, let me tell you, I got children. I want them to think that their father is, is the man. You have to hold me accountable to that. I want my wife to think that, oh my God, baby is the dude. Like he's the best in the whole world. Yeah. And so I hope, I want you to hold me accountable to that. And what you just said is, you know, I want to be a great father. I'm a great husband. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great... There's nothing that I want to do in life that I'm like, oh, I'm pretty good at that. I want to be the best at everything that I'm doing. 100%. Yeah. I'll settle for nothing less. Yeah, I won't, I won't settle for, for anything. With the company, I always say, like, for a thumb press, I say, listen, I don't want to be the biggest, but I want to be the best. Yeah. I can't. I might not be able to control being the biggest. Yeah. But I can control it for the best. Yeah. Right? I, I want to... You, you talked about something earlier. We lost over it, but I want to yeah. jump back in it. Uh, when you're talking about some of these contracts that you've been able to obtain with, like, uh, United Airlines, Chewy.com, you know, Sam, like, how did you all transition from your old business model where you guys were servicing this smaller market to now I'm serving this larger audience? Yeah. I think, um, kind of back to what we said earlier, like, just feel like you belong in that room, right? Okay. I think it's really easy to go, man, these guys got it all figured out. What, what value could I possibly bring to a $15 billion company? Um, I would say we went into, we were in a big RFP process for Advent Health. Advent Health was, I think, eight, 15 to 18 billion at the time. It was for branded merchandise um, and uh, promotional products across 52 hospitals and thousands of doctor's practices. And I remember we realized, like, listen, they don't, they don't have a problem ordering stress relievers and pens and tumblers and T-shirts. Like, they don't have a problem finding someone to do that for them where their challenges is around technology. How do they control the entire process? How do they control costs, control their brand? Because they had people going rogue and ordering from all their friends. Oh, I got a friend that got a t-shirt company and the brand would be off. So we were just thinking how, you know, from like, what these guys really need is they need technology partners, right? To help them control costs, control brand, control process. So we were sitting at Advent Health's corporate headquarters and everybody had already presented. And uh, we're just sitting there with a MacBook. And they come out and they're like, oh, thumbprint. They're looking around for us. And I'm like, yeah, right here. And they said, where's all your catalogs? Like in your product. And we're like, well, you don't have a product problem. Like you have a control problem. Mm. And we're here to show you that we've got technology that can help automate this, give you the control you need. And they're like, you guys are just two dudes in a MacBook. And it was uh, my CEO of our company, Todd Ellington. And it stuck with us. We're like, damn, two dudes in a MacBook. And that's what we became. We started realizing like, man, if we embrace technology, automation and innovation, mm. everyone's going to need us. We can live anywhere. And uh, that was really it, man. We started realizing that these clients needed technology partners and they needed speedboats. The companies that we deal with, they take six months to make a decision, right? And then they might change it 30 days, 45 days later. They need partners like you and I that are nimble and can pivot and move fast. Because when they need something, they need it now. Yeah. It may have taken them forever to make that decision, but, but once right. they've made it, go. Your, your job's on the line. How are you going to get this done? And when they partner with other big companies like themselves, guess what? They don't have that partner that can move fast and get it, get it done. So that's what we realized, man. And technology, move fast, be creative, 
and um, commit, you know. But I like what you said. See yourself in that room. That's I it. think sometimes people think, like you said, they already got it figured out, man. They don't need They me. don't. And the biggest brands, I'm telling you, they don't. The bigger they are, the more messed up they are behind the scenes. Yeah. It's it's the Wizard of Oz, bro. Right. You look, you're like, wait, that dude? You know? Um, God. Not all of them. Not that they're in bad shape, but I, I they can all know. be better, right? Like, in, And when you are so obsessed with taking care of your customers, sometimes there's stuff behind the scenes. And same with us as a company. There's a lot that we got to do to improve for our own team members. Um, and that's where we come in, right? Right. We come in and help them automate a lot of this stuff and make it easier for them to do their jobs. So... Right. I am. I want to keep going. I feel like we can go all day. I want you to, to, to talk to the people and let them know why why should they be a brand partner with you? Yeah. Uh, look, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we have, uh, we're industry agnostic, right? So um, the cool thing, the best part of my job is that I get to work with amazing thought leaders across all industries. Um, and regardless of what your challenge is or what you're going through as a company, we probably have already, you know, solved that for someone. So if you're looking to deliver branded experiences to your customers, to your team members across merch, apparel, uniforms, print, whatever that is, um, we'd love to have a conversation with you and see if we can provide some value. So I got a, a segment that's called Settle the Score. And yeah. this is where we just put the debates to bed. I'm sitting here with Brian Gill. What he's saying is going. So I got five questions. You ready to go with me? Let's go. All right, here we go. Is it uh, Michael Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Damn, that was quick. Michael Jordan or Kobe? Jordan. Okay. Kobe or LeBron? Kobe. Okay. That was one question. Uh, question number two is um, Tupac, who had a bigger impact on the culture? Was it Tupac or Jay-Z? Whose culture? My culture or your, your culture? culture? My culture? Yeah, your culture. Oh, man. Jay-Z. Who's the greatest rapper of all time? Nas. What is this theme? I'm hearing Nas all the time. My cameraman's back there like, Nas, y'all gonna put Nas up in that Are you seeing what Nas is doing right now? Nas is on point right now. He's, his venture capitalism, uh, capital company is fine. The, wait, wait, the deal wait, wait we're talking about his venture capital? I'm talking about his talking albums. About Are you listening to this man? I, I have this man is as relevant in hip-hop today as he was 25 years ago. I need to hear. I'm, listen, man. Nasty Nas, I'm shouting you out. I got to rock with you. I promise to God I have to because everybody's saying Nas. Everybody's saying Nas. Like, no joke. Everybody is saying Nas. That's Nas. Um, so if, if you have the choice to either read a book or to listen to an audio book, what you choosing? Audio book. Audio book. Awesome. I'm reading a book. I like I would rather read a book. It's just time. Time. Yeah. Okay. So you're reading while you're driving or listening while you're driving. Yeah, I'm reading while I'm driving. You're so, listening yeah, while yeah, you're yeah, driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to see me on the road. You don't want to do <laughs> that. No, I'm listening. Yeah. Planes, wherever I can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question is if you had the opportunity to do a vacation and it was you didn't have to worry about finances, you going to LA or Miami? Ooh, uh, Miami. Miami. Was that close? I'm not an LA guy. You don't okay. You're LA you in LA? Just, this is called settle the score. I need you to settle the score. Yeah. Is it LA or is it Miami? Man, LA I'm is, taking my talents to South Beach. What I are you love, doing? I just went to Miami. I'm going to Miami too. LA is fire. I love LA. So you, when do? you said you're not an LA person. The traffic is my biggest issue in LA. It's just it's too congested, there's too many people, and the gangs are just everywhere. So. Now I love California, but I wouldn't say LA over Miami, but okay. Okay. There we go. And then the last one, if you're uh if you have an opportunity on a vacation, are you taking like a nightlife or are you doing a beach resort? Right now I'm doing beach resort. 
I need to chill, man. Okay, I, I saw just, you breathe in. I thought I said, okay, Brian's still hitting the club. Oh, I, oh no, we no, hit the club. No, I we mean, hit the club. We hit the club. We had a good. We time. did hit the club. We did hit the club. Um, I left before you, though. You did. I did. Yeah, I did. did. I did. That was my birthday. We gotta see that again. Yeah. I mean, I, I left early on your birthday. That was my birthday. I'm oh, sorry, man. But we, sorry. we went to the show. We had a good. But you're time a kid, and I'm older, so yeah, you know, I had to get home. I'll be at 40 this year, man. So yeah. Congrats, club, man. Congrats, man. Yeah, appreciate that. Well, um, that's a wrap, man. On the on the pro form of the podcast. I'm your host, Tark Shabazz. This is my guest, Mr. Brian Gill. Um, I, I really appreciate you all, and I hope that you got something out of, out of today. Uh, until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Peace be with you.